I'd like to welcome y'all to Secrets from the South. I'm your friend, Scotty Ray, along with my co-host, Terry. Now, you'll quickly catch on that we don't sound like the man on the 6 o'clock news. We talk a little slower, and we've got a southern drawl. But nonetheless, we've got a great podcast lined up just for you. We'll bring you some interesting stories. They're sometimes crazy and a little unbelievable. But it would be just plain impolite not to share them. So get yourself comfortable. Find some southern charm and a glass of iced tea and enjoy. Grab a bag of popcorn because this week we've got a mystery for you. And we still don't know the answer. We'll head north and cross the Mason-Dixon line into Cleveland, Ohio. This week's episode is titled, Hidden in Plain Sight. Terry, before we get things rolling, let's do a thank you to everybody that uh, has listened to us. We've had numerous countries. We've had uh, so many different states here in the United States listen to us. And we just want to say a thank you. Absolutely. A huge thank you. And I think that our Halloween episodes turned out really well. Yeah. And we had a funny one on our UFOs. And we're going to talk about an interesting story here. But we always want our listeners to know that we appreciate them. And that if they have a story that they can tell, even though we've talked about a haunted house, even though we've talked about UFOs, even though we've talked about just some of the funny things that we've talked about within the last year, if you have a story to share, we would love to hear it. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, you can reach us by going out to Facebook, and you can reach us by going out to Instagram, and Instagram is Secrets from the South. And if you want to leave an email, we would love for us to get an email from you guys, and you can do so by going to comments at Secrets from the South. Yeah, you can visit the website, SecretsFromTheSouth.com. Absolutely, and go right down below where it says, leave an email, leave us an email, and we'll contact you again. This week, now, there's not a lot of information on this story, but it is truly a interesting story, and we go to Cleveland, Ohio, I think is where this went down, and most of this information has been erased from the Internet. And I think that's interesting in itself, and, and I did some research on this as well, Scotty, and I thought that, you know, when you've got renovation, and that's just a, that can be a nightmare in itself. Oh, yeah. But how many people buy homes and never realize, and, and there's probably so much stuff out there that we don't even know about where somebody has a house right now that they've purchased in the last four or five years. It's an older home. Maybe it's had a couple of renovations, which you would expect over a period of time, you're the you could be the tenth homeowner of that. Right. You know, the house could be considerably old, obviously well built, but it may need some modernization. You know, you've got to modernize it because it was built way back when. And you start tearing it apart and realize there's something there. Or how many people don't know that there's something buried and they never will? I always make a note, like if I tear out a door and put a new door in, I'll write somewhere on it too before my name and the year and the date that it was done. Just so years from there, if it's ever redone, they'll know when it was replaced. It's just a habit I got. Oh, yeah, or like you put your fingers in the uh, when you're doing concrete. And you, and want you to, wouldn't let me do that. Well, we, we have that hidden when we built our house. I just think it's neat because it's kind of a, a memory, a, a keepsake, yes. Of course, if you ever leave the house, I guess that, you know, that stays with the new homeowner. But in this case, there were some interesting things that stayed with the new right. homeowner. Now, we've talked about the buried treasure and people out searching, but this is, uh, this is a notch above all of this. This was originally put on Reddit. 
Yes, and the interesting thing is you have a couple who purchased a house, and I think they said that they'd had the house for maybe four or five years, finally scraped up some money to do some renovations, as we all do. We do things as we can afford it. And they go out there, and they said they had done some renovations, I think, to the first or second floor and decided to go into the basement and start kind of tearing that apart. And and I think the guy said that when he looked back on it, that he thought it was odd, some things that were odd when you know when it when they bought the house but it's just one of those things where you get kind of comfortable you move your stuff in and it just gets forgotten yep and then all of a sudden you start remembering okay well let's start at the basement and start tearing down some things i'm sure that you know as basements are they always need modifications or humidifiers or whatever it is to kind of get like that before you put your furniture in painting the wall is important but after you get your junk in it don't look so bad yeah, and you, I mean, how many times have people, you hear people that have done renovations and you go out to their house and they've never really quite completed something because they've already moved in and they've just, you almost have a blind eye. You start overlooking it. But Somebody this guy needs to work on my flooring coming into the studio. Dave, have you noticed that? You know what? If you'd asked me that a couple of months ago, I probably would have said yes. Now I don't even notice it. <laughs> you just step right over it and you go I, on. I step right over it and we go on. But this guy starts I guess he's the renovator, you know. Yeah, the husband is kind of like and, taking care of everything. Yeah, and he's taking this house apart, and, well, he discovers a suitcase. Yeah. I think it was hidden in the, uh, was it in the wall or was it in the attic? It was in the attic. And he said the suitcase looked like it had been there for quite some time. And I think the suitcase itself was dated, so you knew it was kind of old. Now, what he done that I wouldn't have done was he calls his wife. And he waits on his wife. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. I'd have been all up in there, suspicious. It would have got the best of me. And it makes you wonder, how long was he actually having to wait on his wife? Are we talking about 15, 20 minutes? Are we talking about, all right, you're going to have to wait on me till I get off work. Now, if you read the story closely, originally he videoed all this before she got there and had it out there and posted all the video to, to Reddit before it was taken down. And, and he's taking step-by-step yeah. photos, which I thought was really smart on his part to do that, especially not knowing that things were going to unfold the way they did. Oh, yeah. So he finds this suitcase, and in this suitcase, and he's got his wife with him, and you can imagine the anticipation of opening it up and not realizing, is it just clothes? Is it body parts? Is it whatever? But there, you know that there's this excitement in the air as you, and probably a little bit of fear, as you open the suitcase, you slowly fold it back, and you're there to expose what the contents are. And he's, now, I think he's wrapped in, uh, what do you call that paper? Wax paper. Yeah. And so he opens it up, and to their surprise, it is, and I mean, it is wads of $20 bills. And I think it was in the suitcase actually had smaller suitcases within it. Yeah. And then, so that's one. And I mean, when I say it's slammed full of $20 bills, it's slammed full of $20 bills. It was like a lunchbox, so to speak. It kind of looked like that it, in the that's end. That's exactly but. what it looked like. Well, then he finds another one. And for some reason, whoever these people were, they loved the color green because it was always green. They must have got a discount on it. He opens up another one. We well, see it was some time in between that. He found that one, and they thought that was it. And they had it appraised and found out that the money that was in there was worth more than the actual face dollars because it was uh, silver certificates. So it was worth more. Yeah, he says that they found $20 bills and said there that there may have been a couple there. But then, you're right, they find another suitcase. But I think this is the suitcase that's inside this one, and it's 50s and $100 bills. Yeah, he found it in another wall. 
at another renovation part as he kept going. Okay, so it was another renovation. He finds this, and he says he knows that the money's old because the suitcases were. Now, the newspaper that it was wrapped in was 1951, the Cleveland, and I forget the name of the newspaper. Exactly. He says it's dated March 25th, 1951. Yeah, so it's been in that long, hidden. Yeah, and so I think that once you're right, Scotty, it was two separate suitcases, but both of them contained a wad of money. So in one suitcase, you've got nothing but $20 bills, and the next one, you know, they really hit the jackpot. Well, the it's first 50s one, and 100s. The first one was valued at $23,000. The second one, I think, was forty-five for a grand total of sixty-eight thousand dollars. Yep, and so I think at this point they decided that they hired an attorney to kind of assess. And this was after, like, what you said. They found. I mean, so they keep finding these suitcases. Then they go in and they find a hidden room, or, or I should say, a hidden door. Yeah. It, well, it was. They were told when they bought the house, it's where your hot water heater is. I it, saw that. It, yeah. It wouldn't. You know, you wouldn't think about that because you don't go down and check your hot water heater every day. Yeah, and the guy kind of said he felt like he'd been duped. Yeah. Because it was an actual room. But if you look at the – somebody went to great lengths because it was like a, a mini door. You had to crawl through it. It wasn't – Yeah, you, I know. But once you got in, I mean, it was, it was a, like a – full-size room. It was a full-size room. And I, I think the odd thing about it was in that one, it looked like it had – it was soundproof. Well, there's two rooms there. Right. You go in and it had this carpet down on the floor. You're that, right, that like you a bookcase. Walk. Right. And then back there was another door that was padlocked. They had to tear it open. He and he didn't wait on his wife on this one. He uh takes a crowbar and busts it off and goes on up in there and then voila, here's some more stuff. And did you notice that in this story, every time that they discovered I mean and I know they discovered one suitcase that was in the attic, and then I think they went and did further renovations and discovered another one. Correct. Then they go in and they find this hidden door that's supposed to contain the water heater. And within that door is a secret room that goes into another secret room. room. But in every room, they found another suitcase. But what is odd about this, and you brought this up, when you go in that room, it's soundproof. Like, you know, a lot of people do their studios like we've got here, completely soundproof on the wall. Exactly. And then on the bottom of it is this white covering like a, uh, a shower curtain type thing uh, that's laid out all over the floor to where you couldn't get anything on the floor. And I think he even says it looked like it was a torture chamber. Yeah, and that's exactly what, I, what I'm picturing here. Now you've got something laying on the floor, and what is it that he picks up? Well, he picks up this wooden box. Right. And I think inside of the wooden box, he's got, now at this point, and I may need to back up some, he has found some jewelry inside it. He has found rings, watches, and four one-ounce silver bars. And I think there was a little cash, if I'm not mistaken. There, Not a lot, but some. Yeah, it was cash from other countries. Yeah, You're exactly yes, right. Was. So, I mean, it's just, it's one mystery that leads into another mystery. And this is all within the confines of his house. Mm-hmm. So think about what this couple must think. They've been there for five years, and they keep uncovering this mystery. And as they keep uncovering, it gets darker and darker and darker. I mean, they're getting richer and richer and richer. Right. But the mystery behind all of the mystery rooms, and like I said, 
the one mystery room that leads into the mystery room that ends up being soundproof that has, like you said, the shower curtain. And then I think within the confines of that, they find a box or it's, let me say, it's, well, it's a, a safe. It's it, a safe. It's a century safe that's sitting over in the corner. Exactly. So they have to get a crowbar or whatever else to get in that. Not that you know how to do things like that, is no, it? No, uh-uh, not at all. And then they find, this is the interesting part. Inside that, they find, is it, it's six VHS tapes. tapes. They find a note that says, and it's, and it's really, just visualize creepy this. Here, really it? creepy handwriting that says, save yourself. Now that would make you go, hmm. And this is in the room that they think is a torture chamber. Now this has not been confirmed, but that was kind of the feel that the couple had. Yeah. So at this point, they've already gotten an attorney that can determine the value of all the jewelry and the money and the foreign currency and that sort of thing. Then they decide, okay, this is at a point where when they see the VHS tapes, we need to call the FBI. Well, it went down like this. All this labeled on there is dates, and it'd be like 11195, and that was actual dates. And they don't do anything with it for about three days. They sit there, and it stays in there. And, and some it, of them said, do not on the tapes. Correct. And it just kept eating eating him alive. Of what it, And anybody would be. What if you had these six tapes that you found in a creepy room like Oh, that? I would have to see the contents yeah, of that but tape. But they had made a pack of, we're not going to look at them. And then it got the best of him. And he gets up in the middle of the night and goes and watches it. And does he ever reveal what no, is on the tapes? So it is it, spooky. And that's where we go back to what that room looked like that makes you go, okay, what was it? Yeah, because they're recording something, obviously. That's why you have the VHS tapes. It's soundproof, as in like a studio like ours would be. That's when they call the attorney, and the attorney gets a hold to the, I think it was the FBI, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was the FBI. Yeah. So the whole thing is just creepy, because then you start to think, where did this money come from? I mean, you would think that naturally, you know, as you're getting rich. $68,000, you can go, you can put it off as, well, that was somebody's life savings that passed away that had it hid and the family didn't know. And it was we've there. already done an episode on people that do not trust banking Correct. institutions for whatever reason. And I, I don't, under, so I don't really, understand why. And their practice is they save their valuables inside their home, in their vehicle, in the ground in the backyard, but we think this is something entirely different. Oh, yeah, especially after you've got the videotape there, and this is where it gets extremely weird on this. After they get to the authorities, everything that he's got posted online, they ask him to take it down, and he does do it, and he never reveals what the videotapes had on it. And neither Uh, do they. No, and it's an ongoing investigation, and so if you're out there and you know about this, we'd love to talk to you. I'd oh, like to know more about this. Absolutely. So you Ohioans, I know that you know something about this story. This may be in your backyard. Yeah. And I know that you will won't tell us more about it. Now, and it leads you to believe if you've got all this soundproof, and that's, that is a torture room, and you've got tapes like that, and the FBI don't want you to talk about it, somebody was murdered there. So let's just put the FBI aside for a second, and let's talk about this. If you have a hidden room that has another hidden room, and within the confines of that second hidden room, you have VHS tapes, you have 
soundproofing uh, set up. You've got what appears to be shower curtain type material. That would only make you think that there's some illegal, oh yeah, scary, gruesome, whatever the adjective is that you want to use, activity going on in there. We don't have to go through two or three secret doors to get in to the studio here. No, we don't. This was purposely hidden and obviously was done very well because we don't know if the owners prior to this couple even knew about the secret room that had a secret room. Correct. Now, I, you know, I've never, I, I told you that I worked in Ohio for a little while. Oh, yeah. And I, and I made friends here and there. And I don't know if you call it the syndicate or if you would call it the mob, but there's, this is what some locals had told me. If you wanted something, like let's say you owned a convenience store and you wanted to sell lottery tickets like all the other stores. Well, you right. just didn't get your lottery tickets. You had to go through a back door to be able to sell them at your store and pay this person off and pay that person off before you got it. Uh-huh. So is there a lot of that in Ohio? And, you know, I have that was just hearsay said to me. I don't have anything to back that up. Somebody told me that when I was there. Do you think this could tie into that type of dirty laundry, dirty money? I think there's so much corruption going on in just about every state. And this just happens to be one of them that has been uncovered. And yet, I, I say uncovered, there's so much we know less than we don't know. You know, there's a ton of information out there that obviously is not being shared with the FBI and the owner that we don't know and i don't know maybe we don't want to know because it's too gruesome to tell but there's a reason that they asked the homeowner to take down all those posts and there's a reason that we have not heard more about the contents of those vhs tapes and as you said the investigation is still ongoing now the big picture of this it would be easy to track down who owned the home before that and the person before that because there's there's landy oh yeah and i can't imagine somebody just it, the house been abandoned and they go in and start building these rooms in there so it had to be tied to somebody that owned the home in some shape form or way i agree i think you're absolutely right so why hasn't something become of it by now because it's killing me. I'd, I'd love to know this story. Well, and if you remember looking at the picture of the the door, I mean, look how inconvenient that would be just to get in that room. Yeah. I mean, you went, if you were going to go to all that trouble to get in that room, there was a purpose yeah, that you wanted that door to be small. It was high, a half door. You would have to, not necessarily a ladder, but a but, step stool or something like yeah. that just to get up in there. Because, you know, it'd be hard for me to land on the other side nowadays. And that's another thing is, if that's your own dwelling, why would you go to so much trouble trying to hide it? I mean, I could understand behind a bookcase or something like that. I, I mean, so. So you watched Equalizer also. I with did. Denzel. That was pretty cool, the yes. hidden thing he had in the closet there. Yes. But, and, and, there's, and I would love to know how many people that build houses today build these little secret rooms yeah i mean i think that's cool i mean like if it's a, a safe room or something yeah, that's like what that they call it now or it? you know if it's for i am a gun owner and i have a lot you know, and guns can be extremely expensive i've right. got some valuables whatever they are and that's an opportunity for me to hide it in case somebody were to come in and burglarize my home then chances are they would never know correct that i had this stuff you can't really say that about this house because they hid stuff up in the attic. Yeah. You know, and they had, no, they did have contents of value that were in these secret rooms, 
But what was the purpose? And I think more importantly, what was the purpose of the second secret room with the VHS tapes? No, it was torture. <laughs> with all of that in there, soundproofing and what you could roll a body up in and take it out easy. Yeah. And then it makes you wonder, you know, that's not the only home that exists in the U.S. No, there's For, more. Yes, there's probably homes, I would venture to say, in every state that has a secret purpose. And, you know, and let's go to the extreme here. When, when was that story not long ago of the girl that had been held captive for three, five, six years, she was kidnapped. She was chained in a basement. Nobody knew it, and she got her break, and she got out in the street, and right, she was saved. Right, How many people, your next-door neighbor right now is a freak, and I say it that way, that is to a face value to everybody in the neighborhood is a great person. Oh, yeah. But I mean, they're they really. Yeah, Fred, God, I drink coffee with him every uh, Saturday morning, and you're talking about it with him. I mean, there are people out there, and that's the scary thing is you think you know somebody. Yeah. And you really don't because they're really good at keeping secrets that mean something to them. And so the persona that they uh, present to the general public could be totally different than how they are. This may not be mob-related at all. It may be somebody that had some sick fetish that just loved torturing people, uh, of kidnapping them and hurting them. You don't know. Yeah, the only thing is, is how did they come up with all that cash? Ransom. I'm just shooting from the hip here. <laughs> Am I correct in saying that they they estimate that this was not something in terms of how old the cash was and obviously how old the, the newspaper was? This was something that existed or was taking place 60, 70 years ago. In the late 40s, early 50s during that time period, and that's when America was supposed to be a different place to live. Yeah, and you would think a, probably a safer place to live. But evil exists in all kinds of formats. Yes, it does. It doesn't matter what year, uh, you know, you go back to Jesus' day. And that I, was evil then. Oh, absolutely. And I think as this story unfolds, and like I said, uh, I'm like you, I hope that there are some Ohio residents that know something about this that will shed some light on this. It just kind of makes you wonder that, to your point, when you live next door to somebody and you think that you've known them and you'd vouch for them and they're a good character, good person, do you really know them well? That's right. Did that, you know, because I know that that house where it's laid out had neighbors. And did those neighbors at that time have any suspicions that anything illegal was going on? Because if it was torture, you still have to have a way of getting them in the house. That was not like that this trap door was an outside door to the outside. It, it was be. an inside door that had another inside door. What was that song? After midnight. Exactly. That's when they uh, they bring in the victims or oh, whoever it is that they. When die. it's dark. Yeah. And there's they can take cover, but ooh, is that not spooky? And I, I mean, the money was one thing, and I think that they were elated to get that money, but they kind of I think had what we talked about before had that sixth sense, had that gut feeling that something was wrong, and I think that it was confirmed. When they found just the tapes. The, and the note, the note that says, save yourself, if that doesn't put chills down your spine, I don't know what does. It's almost like there's a hang up in the house. Let's switch gears now. Let's move to a different type of treasure story here. Okay. Now, I read a story, and I'm not sure whether I believe this story. I get, no, wait a minute, I should back up because there are honest people in, the, in this world, and I don't need to accuse somebody of not being honest. 
of making up a story. Well, they're not like you. <laughs> oh, I'm just, we are good today. I'm joking. You know I'm joking. You're as honest as they come, and that's the truth. But, you know, there's – and this is a pretty neat thing. You stumble upon old homes, and you go in and take a look. at You know, it's, in a lot of places, it's things that have just kind of stood still. I'm a member of all those little groups on Facebook of abandoned homes and how – because I love looking at the pictures. I think they're fascinating. And uh, sometimes the homes are saved – but sometimes homes are just, for whatever reason, just left to rot. Uh, maybe it's left to a, somebody that's kin in another state, and they can't find it in their heart to sell it, and then nothing's ever done with it. And I don't understand that because you and I know, and we've talked about this, there's a house comes to mind that we pass every single day. That's a typical ranch-style house, probably, I, I'm guessing, maybe, you know, it, it's just a modest Right. Probably uh, maybe a 1,900-square-foot house lo- looked like at one point it was well-built uh, that has just, over time, and you just saw it happen before your eyes. I looked yeah. at it every single day that it just got covered up, and now you don't even know it's there. You can't see it. So it you have no out, idea what's inside it. But I remember seeing the house, and it was like, well, they forgot to mow the grass. Then it got a little higher, and the next thing you know, it was growing up the side of the wall. And like you say now... Forever gone. You can't see it from the highway. But there's a history to that house. Somebody lived in that house. Somebody had children that grew up in that house. And it just, I'm like you, how do you just neglect something like that and it just let it, it's just nothing but a memory now. You don't even know it exists. What is inside that house? Now, you don't like, you take my parents home. Uh, my parents had done, and I'll just do an example here. Somehow or another, they ended up with two homes. And they didn't go in one of them for years. And then it got to the point where you think, well, there could be a snake in there. I'm not going in there. And then 10 years passed and nobody had been in there. And it's still kind of sitting there. I'm shoving my brother on in there to go fetch stuff. And, and that's kind of hard to understand. But And I guess you can. I would kinda, never do that. Well, and you can kind of put your, and I know you wouldn't, you can kind of put your arms around if it was a really old home that needed a lot of repair and over a period of time because my in-laws have a house right across the street that they lived in. And it's kind of that situation where it is not where they just neglected it. It was an older home to begin with. needed a lot of work. Uh, To begin with. I mean, Mike would tell you about the times that if they didn't have floor furnace, you know, they just, it, it had all the, you know, you had to, Go get from the wood box. It was cold. It was cold. It didn't have a lot of insulation. It was an older home. And over a period of time where you think, okay, I'm going to do something to it to repair it, it doesn't take a lot of not living in it for it to quickly deteriorate. But there, this is a house that you and I are talking about where it is a brick home. Mm -hmm. And you just think that, and it was probably built what 1960s, 70s, yeah, from the look of it. Yeah, it kind of looks like that. So that it it would be a very viable home today if it were taken care of. But it's just been neglected, and it's like, how does that happen? How does somebody leave a home? Is it has it been deeded to a family member, or and they just like you said live out of state? They don't care. But you had a story where it was kind of something similar to that. And it's just amazing what was inside it. Yeah, and, and eventually somebody's going to kick a door in or knock a window out, and then it's open for anybody to walk in. If they know it's there. Right. 
uh, and like I said, there's groups that that take pictures of it and they show it for everybody else to to see the beauty of things. And this guy was one of those. And and I'm not sure the state, but he went in and took pictures. I know it was cold, and he said he was able to kind of elude the neighbors because right. it was snowing, and he kind of hid behind a snowbank. Because yeah, it does look bad if you just yeah. Well, I mean, I you're trespassing. That. Yeah, <laughs> it's against the law. So that does look bad. But he goes up in the house, and everything's in it, just like the people were still living there. And he gets to digging around, looking and snapping pictures. And lo and behold, beside the bed is a bucket that he picks up. I think it was a bucket. And he opens it up, and it's full of cash. If I'm not mistaken, it was right at $7,000. Yeah, exactly. And they were all wadded up and dated, like each one of them had a different date. Like somebody's savings. Yeah, and they thought... Uh, and I, and I, I think doesn't he get in, he f- does find the rightful owner. Yeah, he goes to the courthouse I think and tracks down who who the house was deeded to and he calls them and they end up uh, meeting him and of course they were mad that he went in it to begin with, but you know he confessed and they they kind of smoothed things out and he gave them the money. Now I don't think everybody would have done that. No, they would have taken that money and said and all of the valuables inside because when you look at it he's got photos of now keep in mind that he said he thought that the house that the person that resided in the house died of cancer in the 80s right yeah so it had been abandoned for what 30 years yeah so i mean you can just imagine what the inside of it looked like with just 30 years of neglect but to your point everything was left as if the owner had just gone down the street other than the 30 years of neglect and by that i mean you know you've got dust and things that will collect in a short period of time you know when you go uh, a couple of days, but this is 30 years, so you can only imagine what it looked like. But when I say it was as if a plate was still laying on a table, yeah. uh, there were antiques still in the house. So, And we know this wasn't in the South because in the South, traditionally, they go ahead and drive the U-Haul to the funeral. And as soon as it's over, <laughs> by golly, they're on it. So. Uh, and they're in a family feud trying to figure <laughs> out who's going to get it. I mean, and this was a family of several siblings yeah. that just – Unfortunately, had it said that they'd had a series of bad events, and they didn't go into what had happened, but it finally got deeded to another family member, and they didn't live close by, and for whatever reason, it just was out of sight, out of mind. But it was just wild that while it was a wad of cash, there were a ton of things in oh, that house that were of value. Yeah, and they could have been sold or given to somebody passed down instead of getting burned. And there's no explanation to why somebody does that. Yeah, and, you know, it just makes you think, how many other abandoned houses are out there and what types of valuables and just memorabilia still exist in these homes that we walk away from that have, if nothing else, sentimental value to those folks, like the girl that goes with her husband that meets the explorer that goes in and takes the photos and gives the uh, the money back, that she starts pointing out, well, here's photos and here's who's are in these photos. These were people that grew up in these house that had, you know, wonderful memories. And so all of that kind of goes flooding back to her. And then I think back to the house that you and I pass every day. Somebody lived in that house. Somebody has memories in that house. And they've just let it grow up and to the naked eye now, for somebody who's not familiar with that house, you would never know that's a house sitting there. You know, and that's sad. I've only done that exploring thing once, and I was a kid. And you know how you you think back as an adult and think, "Gosh, I wish I'd had a camera or taken pictures," because now I'm sure it's it's gone totally. But there was a, a 
big old two story mansion not far from where uh, I grew up. And I can remember three or four of us kids when the door was kicked in, we walked in, and it was as if the people were still there. The pictures, uh, and it was, you know, things that now would really be of value to the community of the pictures that were there and got run with rain coming in the windows and all, and uh, pianos still sitting there, the chairs at the kitchen table, and all gone now. And that's the thing. I always think about if something happened to my house, what would be most important to me and you know what that would be oh my photos yeah my photos and how does somebody walk away from something like that where they leave all that behind now in the case of the the rightful owner i mean they died but they had family yes who just again had a series of unfortunate events but it got passed down to a, a deeded to a family member who for whatever reason just didn't follow up and, I mean, there were tons of contents in that house. I, I remember a similar story, too. There was a prominent doctor that lived in uh, across the lake from where I grew up. The house sat right on the lake. It was just a beautiful setting, a stone house, just really unique. And it was a fire. And I always, I, I didn't even know it existed until I was a kid old enough to kind of venture out on my own. And older kids had told us about it. So, you know, it was three or four of us tracked over there and made that trip and looked at that house and even as a kid it was just so eerie going into a house that had been burnt but there was a piano sitting there there were photos sitting there Uh, you know obviously some of it had been burnt and some of it but i mean it was just the fact that you knew that a family once lived there and like you said the doctor just it wasn't like there was even an attempt to recover any valuables, they just, just simply walk away. walked away from it. Now, keep in mind now, it, it as you pointed out a minute ago, it is trespassing. You can be uh, arrested for oh, busting yeah. up in people's. Be sure of what you're looking into before you go there because some folks don't take it too kindly. No, and you may end up with more than just walking away with a couple of pictures. You may end right. up with some buckshot or something like that or, or arrested. I wonder how many homes – are out there that people don't know have they have hidden treasures in a house that they actually occupy Correct. how many have these hidden rooms that we know nothing about now hang on just a second before anybody goes and gets mad at me i have not suggested that any spouses start digging around and looking for hidden objects that you might have bought and hid in the house no not at all but if it were me and it were expensive I'd leave it at a friend's house. That's how we do it in Dixie. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and will continue to listen more. We promise to provide stories that intrigue you, provide a little humor, reflect our heritage and culture, whether it's strange and alarming. Please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Let us know whether you liked or disliked. Do you have a story to share? If so, we'd like to hear from you. Please email us at comments at secretsfromthesouth.com and provide a brief description of your story along with contact information, and we'll be in touch. Until next time, will you know a secret? Well, I've got you wondering why the neighbors are always pulling in after midnight.